How high should you be selecting Travis Kelsey this season? Why should you be moving up Jets on your draft board? And is Joe Mixon, despite Roger Daltrey's pleas, fooling us again? Plus, the second best commissioner in fantasy football history, Bryce Masters, hops aboard to answer all your FFPC drafting questions tonight and much more. We've got a great show for you. Bryce Masters is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. The lesser. Make out of the lesser. Make the hit more Just because it was right there in the dresser so easy. Pick me up, kiss me, and you squeeze me. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you, Rob, and thank you to the Quiet Hollers. Remember to check out their music at quiethollers.com. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics out there. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is a very special one tonight. We'll get to his introduction shortly. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to zing you on Titans wide receiver targets from Ryan Tannehill, tell you how to handle Mike Williams in 2021, and the most famous commissioner in FFPC history, Bryce Masters, joins me to show you that he is not the same person as me. (laughs) He makes his debut tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. You can post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, please do so at HSFF or at Eric Balkman. And of course, Bryce is at Bryce Masters. You can always uh, learn more about the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com as well. Post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFF Hour too. If you want to chime in and give us a call. Uh, Please wait till next week because we are not accepting phone calls tonight because of the recording of the program. Uh, You can also email the show, as always, at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you do have any questions for us, send them in now. want to thank our producer and mutual friend, Rob, and of course, the next person we're going to thank. Let's bring him on right now. Now I want to bring in tonight's extra special co-host. He is already the co-host of the Hard Edition podcast, a writer, a chef, a mixologist, and allegedly your favorite FFPC commission. He's here tonight <laughs> to drop some fantasy football knowledge on you and take plenty of shots at me. You follow him on Twitter at Bryce Masters. Please welcome tonight's co-host, Bryce Masters. Oh, and my best friend, Bryce Masters, as you oh, have been a, you've been a genius audio engineer for this uh, for this podcast for many years. Thanks so much for taking some time off commission to talk a little shop with me tonight. Oh, of course. I'm happy to finally be here after many years of me telling you that I want to be on your show. <laughs> I said that the, 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 the Red Sea had to part, the, the stars had to align, and then once both those happened, um, then we'd have you on. We might, I don't, I can't. What, like eight I, years later? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'll tell you this. Um, there's a chance that we might make this an annual thing. I haven't made up my mind on the, on that yet. I have to talk oh, with, with Farrell and, and, but it'll probably, it might be this weekend, um, every single year. We'll see. That's not important. Nobody cares about it. Before we talk fantasy <laughs> football, what can you share with the listeners about what you're doing for a living when you're not, uh, co-hosting the hard edition pod, when you're not commissioning FFPC and football guys drafts? Uh, well, I mean, some people know this and some, I mean, a lot of people don't, is that I obviously work with you year round and I work with Dave as well. Um, I've been working with Watch Dave the for, Dizzle, Dave the on. Dizzle, hold on, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak, just in case anybody's not. Familiar. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the Dizzle, as you call him. Uh, I think we're going on 11 years now. I've been working with you guys. Um, and outside of doing Amazon e commerce management stuff, I do freelance work where I program, build websites, and do art, that kind of stuff. So you're a nerd. So nothing too crazy. Yes, I'm a huge nerd. Oh, <laughs> okay, understood. 
All right. Um, that so, is not surprising to anybody. Right. Yeah. Well, I, what else is not surprising to at least me? Not only are you a self-professed nerd, but you're a self-professed big Lions fan as well. And I yes, think one of the I things am. that people are trying to unlock in drafts this year um, is the Lions backfield. Um, it seemed like early on. Sure. Everybody was all about DeAndre Swift um, because, you know, year two and he's an up and coming running back. He was a high draft pick. Um, Then the Lions went out and signed Jamal Williams in free agency, which kind of muddled it. And then they were also connected to Todd Gurley as well. So what from as we get as close to the Lions source as we can here, Bryce, what what do you make (laughs) of this running back uh, situation in Detroit? Is is it still um, we're we're going uh we're balling out on DeAndre Swift or, or should we exercise some caution? And by the way, before you answer that, I should bring this up too. big shout out to fantasymojo.com, Darren Armani, who uh, helps put together the pros versus Joe's each and every year. I'm going to bring, and he also, by the way, if you are drafting in the FFPC or football guys players championship, and you do not have subscription to fantasy mojo, you are doing it wrong. Um, I'm going to talk about the ADP over the last five days in the football guys players championship. When I reference ADP here, um, but Swift right now, Bryce, is going as running back 16 at the 304, so early third round there. Jamal Williams going as running back 41 at the 910. So tell us a little bit about Ooh. what we need to know about this Lions backfield. So Jamal Williams seems a little bit high. Uh, the The main thing to take away from the Lions backfield is that uh, just the other day, the Lions uh, offensive line was ranked, I think, 10th overall, somewhere around there, with the ability to improve, obviously, because of how strong their O-line is now, especially with the drafting of Panay Sewell or Panay. I don't know how to say his name. Panay Sewell? Um, Let's go with that. Panay Sewell. Thank you. That sounds right. Um, I'm with not the drafting, saying it is right. It just sounds oh. right. <laughs> with the drafting of him, uh, that solidifies uh, the Lions O-line uh, for many, many years to come. Uh, Regnow is obviously fantastic. Um, and and going forward, it's going to give our the running backs a lot of options. Now, Jamal Williams brings a lot of energy and a lot of sort of goal line punch it through kind of running but i still think the thing the the player that you should should be the most targeted to is swift um third round seems about right and that's obviously where i've been seeing him drafted as well in our leagues um but i think he's going to be better than predicted um with with the o-line opening up uh options for him i think he's going to be taking a lot of catches uh i think that's He's, he's shown that he has good hands with the exception of that first game last year where he dropped the game-winning pass that hurt my heart when I was in Vegas. Mm. Uh, and and we also can't count out Jamar Jefferson, who we drafted this year, or who the Lions drafted, because you get all annoyed when there I say There you go. There OB. you go. That's the proper way to say it. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Who the Lions drafted in the seventh round. Um, he also brings a large amount of explosiveness, and I think they're going to kind of do – uh, very featured swift usage, especially to catch balls. And then when it gets close to goal line or or third and one and two and, and they need to just punch it through, it's going to be a combination of uh, Jamal Williams and uh, Jamar Jefferson. I don't think Williams should be that high as running back 46. That seems a little bit too high for me. I think he's going to be kind of a change of pace guy, not, not a bell cow. Getting back to Swift, would you rather if if you believe that he fit? So you you're thinking so he's going at running back sixteen right now. You think he finishes higher than yeah. that, right? Okay. So would you I rather? Think he does, for sure. Would you would you rather draft him or Aaron Jones, Football Guys Players Championship? Ooh, that's hard. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers playing or not? Well, if <laughs> in this hypothetical, this weekend, <laughs> in this hypothetical, we don't know because we have drafts going off all the time, and nobody knows for sure. But potentially not right. even Aaron Rodgers. Um, so if, if, um, knowing right. what we know at this point, would you rather have, would you rather draft Swift or Jones? I'd rather draft Swift. And I really next would. up, how about DeAndre Swift or Clyde Edwards Hilaire? <laughs> Ooh, Clyde, I think is the better pick. Okay. There. All right. So, I mean, you're, you're about a half yep. round higher on Swift than everybody else right now, which is fine. Um, and, and that will probably ebb and flow as the, uh, as the season goes on. Um, all right, moving on. Let's say. You have the number two pick in a football guys draft. Obviously, one and a half PPR for tight ends. Yep. Christian McCaffrey, let's just say Christian McCaffrey goes off the board. Are you of the opinion that you're still going to take a running back at 102? Or has Travis Kelsey shown you enough over the course of the last, you know, really half decade um, that he should be the pick second overall? No, I would still go running back. And specifically, I'd probably go Cook. All right, Bryce, why do you hate Travis Kelsey so much? 
<laughs> I don't, I don't hate him. I think, I think, I think team is specifically game plan for him, which is the smartest thing to do. He's, he's a very prolific pass catching tight end. He's great at what he does. But if you're, if you're going to have the second pick overall, I'd much rather go running back and aim for somebody like Darren Waller. If you're going to try to get a, a premium tight end, because Waller is basically a wide receiver with a T in front of his name. What, what, um, is, is okay. So if you had your druthers, you could have any tight end. Would you take Kelsey first or would you take um, Waller over Kelsey? I think that's a hard, Waller's I really like Kelsey steam lately. It seems like, it seems like yeah, there's a lot and, of people talking up Darren Waller. Yeah. I think based on what we saw last year with Waller and just how many targets he got, I think he is, especially in a PPR league and, and ours are all PPR. I think I would target Waller over Kelsey because Kelsey is such a known and Waller is kind of this still upstart tight end that seems to be able to do everything. He's very physical. He, he just trucks through people and he catches almost everything thrown his way. I think Waller is going to be potentially the number one tight end this year. And if, if he is your first tight end that you would select, how early in the first round would you take Darren Waller? Oh, somewhere near the end of it. I mean, if the running backs, the premier running backs are all gone, um, somewhere between rounds or uh, picks eight and 12, I'd, I'd target Waller. If I was going for tight end as my first round pick. All right. So would you take, would you take Saquon Barkley over Waller? Hell no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, well, have, maybe yeah. that's more of a commentary on Barkley than anything else. What about Ezekiel Elliott? Would you take him over Waller? Um. And Dak's probably healthy this year. Yeah. Yep. I would probably, I'd, I'd probably take Zeke over Waller. Uh, Austin Eckler with or Darren Dak. Waller. Right. Austin Eckler or Darren Waller. Darren Waller. See, Darren I think Waller. you're actually higher than on Waller than you might think. Would you take Waller over over Tyreek Hill? Uh, no, absolutely not. Okay, so now I would take Hill. So based on ADP, we know you're taking McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Henry over Waller, right? Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so those four players, you're taking Hill over them, right? Uh, yep. Taking Hill over Waller, that's fine. Okay, and then Elliot, you said yes to? Yeah, I would take Elliot. Okay, so, I mean, that puts Waller like seventh overall for you. So that's smack dab in, in the middle of the first round. See, well, even, I mean, if I was targeting tight know. end first. Well, I know, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, okay, so if, let's say you're not targeting a tight end, let's say you're just going to take best right. player available in the first round. Would you take Darren Waller as high as, as the mid first then? Um, or, or is that probably running back, running back Tyreek territory there? Uh, it, I mean, who else would be available then? Like, so I would take Waller over Eckler for sure. Um, right. You would. T- what about Jonathan I don't, Taylor? I don't trust Jonathan Taylor enough yet to want to take him over Waller. So yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess when we figure this out and talk it out, I, mean, I would absolutely it, because, go Waller. Yeah, because you're taking yeah. Waller over Barkley. I mean, at that point, he is your seventh, and you, we already know you're taking him over Kelsey. So that he'd be your seventh pick there. So interesting stuff yeah. there. Um, I didn't realize this would turn into a Darren Waller podcast, but I guess it did. <laughs> um, let's uh, get rid of the uh, tight end talk at least for the moment, Bryce. Sure. Who has a better fantasy year this year? Um, not real life football, but better fantasy stats. Is it DeAndre Hopkins or is it Calvin Ridley? Because this is a decision that a lot of people are are making in drafts right now. Calvin Ridley was going behind DeAndre Hopkins until I would say about a week before Julio Jones was traded. You saw Ridley go up. Ridley now is wide receiver three at the 206. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver five at the 208. Which one is going to finish better? I, I think Ridley is absolutely going to finish better. While, while I think that – I don't think. I, everybody knows that DeAndre Hopkins is a fantastic receiver. Um, I think the way that the teams are structured between the two of them, I think Ridley has the better opportunities to get just the high volume of touches and, and targets. He has proven himself, even with Julio Jones, that he's a legitimate wide receiver one. And obviously, Nuck is as well, but – I, I think Ridley, with the way that the Atlanta Falcons are structured, he is just going to to have a year. To piggyback on that, let's say you're commissioning a football guy's draft. What's your reaction when you mm-hmm. see Kyle Pitts being selected in the second or third round? I think that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, because he's a rookie, or I, you're just <laughs> you just don't think the talent is gonna <clears throat> is going to come come? He's not gonna near his ceiling in year one. How what? Why do you think Pitts in the second or third is crazy? 
Uh, because it's it's that whole t- like everybody and it's not everybody knows this, but I mean, with the exception of Gronkowski, and I don't, I don't even know I'd have to look back at his stats, but it takes typically tight ends a year to kind of adjust to the NFL. And while I think Pitts is going to be eventually a really really good tight end, I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna make that big of an impact his rookie year as people are drafting him at. Like Hawkinson is is the most Gronkowski type oh, tight end the, that's come we get, out. We get, we're getting the Lions talk now. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are. So you're obviously <laughs> Hawkinson over Pitts, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, um, it, what, he, he came out and everybody thought he was going to be fantastic as rookie year. He was okay, and I think Pitts is going to be okay, but he's definitely not worth a second or third round pick. I was actually at um, Caesars Palace, I believe, and I, dra- I drafted TJ Hawkinson against my better judgment in a couple <laughs> of weeks. And then week one, he had – did he have two touchdowns or just yeah. one touchdown? He I think he really, had two. He had a really good week one. And I'm like, yep. oh, my goodness, here he's bucking the trend, and then it never came together mm-hmm. for him. But right. he is super talented. He's going to get a lot of – you think he leads the Lions in catches this year? Oh, who the hell else are they going to throw it to? Tyrell <laughs> Williams and Brashad Perryman? No, he's um, – I what think about he's, Amon Ross St. Brown? Uh, I, I really like Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he's going to be a very interesting slot guy, kind of like Tate was. Um but I think the two highest uh, pass catching targets on the Lions are DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. Do you, um, you know, because you kind of hold it against um, tight ends um, in their rookie year? Do you also hold it against receivers in their rookie year as well? Depending on what kind of receiver they are, yeah. Um, when you're talking about like fly receivers, ones that just you know run a straight line real fast on the field, like Hill, uh, I think they're they can convert from college football to pro football pretty easily. Their job is to run really fast in a straight line, get ahead of the ball and catch it. Um, when it comes to technical guys like slot dudes and, and guys that play the midfield, I think that takes just as much time to kind of understand how the game works as it does like a tight end or a slot style running back. Kyle Pitts or Mark Andrews? Ooh, I don't like Mark Andrews at all. And not in the, mostly because Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball worth a damn. Uh, <laughs> Um, depending on where where Pitts had fallen, like if he well, made it to thing. like a here's, fifth or sixth round, yeah. Okay, here's the thing: Pitts normally goes at the three hundred four. We already said Mark Andrews right. goes at the four hundred seven. Yeah, that's still way too early for Mark Andrews. Okay, all right. So let's go down the list here: Dallas Goddard at the six hundred five. Is that is that a spot you you'd want to get in business with there? The Eagles tight end. Yeah, that's not that's not bad. I like I like Goddard. He plays very much like Ertz, and I think he has the the physical ability and the talent to be really good. Um, yeah, that's not bad for him. What do you make of George Kittle this year? Bounce back? I I think so. I really do. Uh, I think Kittle is phenomenal when when his team around him kind of does things that they're supposed to. Not like last year. Uh, <laughs> um, he definitely has the ability to to be a very, very good uh, tight end. And I think this year, especially if, you know, their quarterback situation works out better, uh, I think he'll be way up there. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm going to – if if I'm (laughs) going to try and um, give the listeners the Cliff's Notes for the (laughs) the commission's FFPC tight end advice, it's this. Uh, Try to grab Kelsey Waller or Kittle early. If you don't get them – grab Hawkinson at the end of the third round. Um, but if you don't get them, then you're not looking at tight end until like the mid sixth, where you get Goddard, Fant, Logan Thomas, yeah. Tyler. I Thomas mean, going forward. So just we should qualify this with that. You're, you're avoiding Pitts and, and Andrews. Yeah, quite a bit because I, I think Andrews is, a, is going to be a perennial bust because Lamar can't throw the ball. And I think Pitts is going to be good two or three years from now. Um, but we should qualify this with I am terrible at fantasy, so you probably shouldn't listen. You're to not terrible. No, you're not, <laughs> you're not terrible. Like you, you've bragged up your roster before. It's I mean I've seen you have oh, yeah. good teams before, so this don't don't sell yourself short here, especially when we're giving you the floor for an entire HSA podcast. <laughs> um, we we touched on the Titans uh, or uh, not the Titans. We touched on the Julio Jones aspect a, a little bit before. AJ Brown was going super high um, in drafts again this year prior to the Jones trade. I, yeah. I was seeing him go as the second receiver um, overall. Now you look, or not overall, but at the second receiver off the board. Now he's got to deal with Julio yeah. Jones in this offense, who's going to command a, a certain amount of targets. Are you on board with selecting CD Lamb 
who was part of that uber juggernaut offense that Dallas had last year until Dak Prescott went down. Are you down with selecting C.D. Lamb over A.J. Brown uh, because of the presence of Julio Jones? Yes, and I have done so in drafts that I've done already this year. Um, before Dak got hurt, C.D. Lamb was on pace to out uh, out fantasy score Amari as a, Cooper. As a rookie and receiver, too, by the way. As a rookie receiver, right. So, and especially he's he's more of like the fly guy, like I was talking about. He just runs real fast in a straight line, catches the balls, and does a really good job of doing that. Um, I think he, with, with a healthy Dak, I think he's going to outperform Amari Cooper and he's not really going to have to compete for much because he's just bigger and a better receiver than Cooper is. Uh, that was going to be my next follow-up to that. Cause CD <laughs> is going, cause they, they, Lamb and Cooper were basically back to back for, for quite a while. Sure. And now there's some separation lambs at wide receiver 12 Cooper's at wide receiver 14, but you're looking as far as picks go how many picks are going off between them, you're looking at almost a half round. Um, so so Lamb is definitely – so you're still – at this point, the value is still with Lamb, even though he's going a half round earlier than Cooper. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And I, and I wouldn't want to – it's hard to tell how the Titans situation is going to shake out with A.J. Brown and now Julio. I mean, Julio's still Julio, but he is aging. He is not quite as – quick or as good as he used to be. I mean, not his hands, but like his legs aren't what they used to be. And while AJ Brown is phenomenal, it's hard to tell where that ball is going to get spread on that offense. Um, So with kind of like a clear cut before Dak got hurt, Lamb was very much his go-to. I'm going to get the ball 70 yards down the field. I think that's the safer, not safer, but I think that's the more beneficial move uh, between those four. Cowboys, uh, uh, as long as we're talking about him, let's just run the gamut here. Michael Gallup, wide receiver mm-hmm. 43 at the 902. Is there value in that? Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely not. People have so been talking you, up Gallup okay. for like, what, two or three years? And right. He never and, does anything. And, and he's the number three guy there. I get it. Yeah. Um, but so for you, it's like if you're going to talk about Dallas um, receivers, target Lamb, Cooper is okay, or yeah. you would you would avoid Cooper? No, I would, I would, I mean, if you have the ability to pick Cooper up for uh, either Lamb's where his gone. ADP is or lower, like if he right. slipped, yeah, if Lamb's already gone and say Cooper falls a little bit, absolutely go for Cooper. He's still going to be Gallup. very good. You're avoiding Gallup in the but I'm a, Absolutely. Yeah. No, okay. there's no, right. like, he may, he may catch a couple balls. He may get two or three touchdowns, but there's no, he's just going to sit on your bench all year unless somebody gets hurt. Um, we touched on this before, and I want to get a little bit deeper into the position. Let's say okay. you, you are in the early seventh round of a football guy's draft um, with not you, because you obviously don't play in them because you commission them. Right. Um, you're, you're, you made up your mind. You don't have a tight end yet. You're going to grab one here. The two best options for you oh. are Tyler Higby on the Rams and Logan Thomas on the WFT. Which one do you go with? Uh, first of all, I think both of them are better than Andrews. Uh, wow! And okay. this is so you really hate Mark. Well, that's not you. But you, you know, it's not really a commentary on Mark Andrews. You just don't like the quarterback no. there. Correct, and yeah. and that's not to say it. I think Lamar is a great fantasy quarterback. I think he's a great quarterback in general. Uh, he just of, can't because of the throw. legs, right? Yeah, because of his legs. Yeah. Um, but if if my choices are Andrews, uh, Logan Thomas, or Tyler Higby, uh, I'm higher on Higby and Thomas. Uh, one of them is from past experience because Higby is now getting thrown to by Stafford. And I think obviously that Stafford is the second coming of football. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Who's the first coming of um, football? Jesus, Jesus himself. Uh, I, I really liked um, young when I was little Steve young, cause I'm oh, from okay. California. So Steve like young, watching him growing up was fun. Jesus for, for Bryce. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. When I was really little, he was. <laughs> I, get I totally get it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not ripping on you. Um, Higby or Logan Thomas, if you could only choose one, you're picking Higby over Thomas then? No, actually I'm picking Thomas. Uh, so now this is interesting. I, I want to get into this. So not, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Not saying I agree with you, sure. not saying I disagree with you, <laughs> but Logan Thomas, um, has to deal with a couple of factors. Number one, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick who likes to pump the ball down the field. You already have Terry McLaurin there, plus the Washington football team went out and got Curtis Samuel. So my concern is Logan Thomas was such a volume guy last year. I don't know if that volume is still going to be there this year, and he's still going in the seventh round. Why do you like Logan Thomas over Higby? So uh, Scary Terry is going to be – is now a known factor that teams have to plan around. 
Um, Curtis Samuel is also well known in the in the in the NFL, and people are going to figure out how he works in that offense. I think the safe move for Fitzpatrick, which I had to look this up historically, he does when he needs to kind of go to a guy that's a safe pass because he has to go through his reads. He hits a tight end fairly often. And I think Logan Thomas is the perfect type of target for the way Fitzpatrick plays his game. When he's being magic, not when he's being tragic. Because who the hell knows what he's going to do then. Nah. Um, nice. Versus, versus Stafford with Higby. While Stafford likes his tight ends, and he obviously trusted Hawk when uh, he was in Detroit, um, he has a lot more options and good options to throw to in L.A. I mean, Robert Woods is fantastic. Um, what's the other guy's name? The other receiver. Um of Cooper Cup. There you go, that guy. Uh, those two are just better options than Higby is. Higby will be there, and he'll be probably a goal, uh, a, an end zone threat uh, when they're you know first and seven yards. But I think for the most part, Stafford has better options. He's going to utilize those options, and Fitzpatrick is going to kind of do what he does and hit tight ends fairly regularly. And I think Logan Thomas is still going to have that type of volume. Um, you just mentioned him, Robert Woods. They're going back. To, uh, he's going back to back essentially with Mike Evans in FFPC drafts yeah. right now. Um, if somebody asked you, "Hey, Bryce, you've seen a lot of drafts. Who would you rather have here, Woods or Evans? Uh, which one do you like to have the better season in 2021?" Woods, and it's not even close. Really? Now, is this yeah. your Matthew Stafford love um, showing? No, here, no. What, what's going? This on is actually. Because to me, this it's is close. the. I don't think it's close. I, the The way that Brady spreads balls around and the way that Tampa's structured, I think Woods is going to be the number one go-to guy for Stafford to hit. And this isn't a Stafford love thing. This is a, I don't like the way Tampa Bay set up. And for the most part, I want to avoid the crap out of them if I can. Mm, interesting. Well, okay. Yeah. So you would like Brady then? Because Brady is going to have all the weapons. And, oh, and- absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I would go after Brady. But as far as knowing what the receivers are going to do, I mean, I think Godwin's better than Evans. It's... I, I just think that's a physical fact. Um, but there's so many options and, and the way that they run their playbook is just different than kind of every other team. And I think Woods is just going to be head and shoulders better than Evans is fantasy wise. Um, Antonio Brown in the, at the end of the eighth round is wide receiver 40. You're still avoiding him there. That's way too high. <laughs> really? If he was so- hanging out. Yeah. If he was hanging out in like 11 or 12, sure. Cause, cause I mean, come on, he, let's be real. He's well, going to get suspended again. Well, I, okay, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to speculate to that level, but anything's possible, I suppose. But yeah, I guess there is some risk there. Um, and maybe that's yeah. the risk is not baked in, uh, in the eighth round. Cause he's been climbing. He was going in like the 10th or 11th back, but I mean, I guess, I guess this was before he was re-signed by Tampa. So people were taking a chance on him then. Right. And now, and now there's, there's uh less of a, and now he's well, I mean, at least back you know in he's on a team. Goofy right? offense. Yeah, right, which is good. But, I mean, he's on what – it's it's almost as weird of an offense as they ran in, in New England. Like, it's it's similar, but I think, honestly, better the way that the uh, Tampa Bay runs their offense. But it's very spread, and, and it's very Brady. It's it's whoever he's going to go to. You, you can never really bank on this is the guy that's just going to get 15 targets a day. You, you have no idea. And that's the risk that you take with Tampa Bay players. Um, you touched on it at the top of the interview here, Bryce. You've been trying to get on the HSFF hour for the better part of a decade. <laughs> you are now on. Yeah. Okay. You have the ears of all the FFPC players. What do you want to tell them? What do you what What do you want to make sure that they know about whatever and and um, politics, religion are off limits. But you can talk about whatever. Oh you man, I don't. I don't even. Anybody who listens to this and knows me knows that I don't even allow them to talk about that in chat. Uh, like I'm just yeah, like, no, keep that out of here. We don't do this. It's just going to start wars. <laughs> no, 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 no. The Bryce uh, one, the, <laughs> Right. I've I've been called many things for that. Uh, the number one thing is, hey, can you just please show up on time? That'd be great. I mean, yeah. that's the number one thing that I've always wanted to tell everybody is, can you just be early and not show up five seconds before the draft starts? That'd be great. It would yeah. make my life unbelievably easier and yours as well. Or five minutes um, after the draft starts. I, you know, oh I don't God, want to rip on people too bad. Like, cause stuff happens. Right. Um, right. And, and, and you know, you, you don't always get to, to the draft on time, but just if you, if you are going to be late, um, you know, um, you can just check, um, you know, send, send us a message or let us know, or just let the, yeah, I mean, you know, 
and and then that way we, we have can, lots of ways and, and, for people and, to communicate with us. <laughs> exactly, and not only that, with the draft pilot now, um, it, it you can you know set up auto draft rules, so you're you're basically getting the players that you want based on how the draft is going. And um, with the app, you know, you and I post our phone numbers in there. Just shoot us a text, give us a call, tell us you're running a, a couple of minutes late, um, and and no problem, we get it. It now, if you were oh yeah, there's uh, a lot of guys that there, I even just there, know their number. <laughs> there's, there's repeat offenders out there that I there think, are you know whatever I I I won't name any names, but um, no, <laughs> we, we are very thankful you patronize the FFPC, and we wish. Um, that we could see you in the draft room uh, more often and earlier because we love your presence so much. So yeah, that's absolutely. one thing. I mean, Show up can... on time, says Bryce. What else does Bryce <laughs> that is That is the number one thing. It's just please, like, it's it, you don't even really need to be there super early. Just it would make my life so much easier if I didn't have to go, oh, crap, where are you? Uh, you know what's, but that's you know what's funny. I mean, just I get it. Stuff happens. Stream of consciousness right here. I remember back in the day, this was so many, many, many years ago, um, and uh, – we would we would want people in there 15 to 20 minutes before the draft started remember those days oh man that's and, yeah <laughs> and, and like then if like somebody wasn't in there 10 minutes before i'm calling them i'm texting them i'm emailing them and now it's just like you know like so many people just show up within the last few minutes that often you know right. we'll have you know five missing players with seven minutes to go and then with two minutes to go everybody's in there um which is yeah just, i usually like come so i look far. at the order yeah, I look at the order of who's drafting, and like when I see little red dots and who's missing, I start calling in order. I'm yeah. like, this I have to worry about this guy first because the other ones might show up later, so we're good yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, you're. I mean, I think our rules say that you should probably show up five minutes prior to the draft start. Something That'd be that, cool, yeah. so that I just don't have to think about it, you know. Yeah. But no, that's all good. I mean, yep, it, it is, is what it is. And FFPC, there's there's FFPC. also people that I know. Um, FF, like, I was uh, just going to say yeah. FFPC players are awesome when it comes to draft room etiquette by and large. Um, they're, oh, absolutely. They're fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, how long have we been doing this? Like 10, 11 years? Something like um, that? I don't know. Yeah. Really yeah. a long time? Well, like mean, a decade? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know because I'm trying to think like FFPC started in 2008, but I don't know if we were necessarily commissioning online drafts um, the, the very first year. I remember – um, being in beautiful Northeast Wisconsin at like midnight or 1230 in the morning. And I'd get emailed screenshots or screenshots. I get emailed photos of live draft boards and uh, this will be like, all right, bulky, just enter these rosters in. And I'd be up to like, <laughs> like I didn't look wow. forward to it at all, but, um, but th- thankfully technology has come a long way. So has the I'm- FFPC. Right. I'm pretty sure my first year was 2011 because we were still using RT's draft software back then. Oh, the yeah. Red yep, and blue absolutely. one. Yeah. Yep. So for me, it's been about a decade and and it has come a very, very long way. And in my decade, I've had very, very little complaints about anything because, uh, like you said, most of the people, 99.9% of the people that draft with us are fantastic. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. They make yeah. their jobs easy. And me. really, my my wanting to be on the show was mostly just to harass my best friend, Balky, on his show. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> question. No surprise there. We expect nothing less. We're going to give you a chance to harass a couple of emailers right now um, that, that oh, sent boy. in a couple of messages. <clears throat> Bill in Passaic, New Jersey writes, with so many good receivers in the Bengals offense and Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins, oh, yeah. who is the right guy to draft in football guys and main event leagues this season? Thanks, Bryce. That is Bill in Passaic, New Jersey. Bryce, to give you the lay of the land when it comes to uh, Bengals receivers right now, Jamar Chase is going off the board currently as wide receiver 19 at the end of the fourth round. T. Higgins, wide receiver 25 at the end of the fifth round. And Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 38 at the end of the seventh round. Where is the value there? And multiple answers are accepted. Wow. I'm, I'm really surprised that Tyler Boyd is so, so low. I mean, it's because everybody's just got their undies in a bundle over Higgins and chase that I think that's what it is. That's okay. So that, that to me is a little bit odd. And I mean, if you can, if you can nab Boyd as at, at his ADP, that seems like fantastic value to me. Um, he has proven himself to be perfectly capable of being the guy and T Higgins. Don't get me wrong. Is, is no slouch. He's, he can, he can handle his own, but, I mean, between the three of those, Jamar Chase is still unknown. And I get that people want to nab their rookies early because he has this 
projected future to be fantastic. And I don't disagree. I think he is going to be very good. But the sure shock thing, if you can get uh, Boyd that low, nail him. I would absolutely draft him where he is and probably a little bit higher than that. I was in a Kentucky fantasy football state championship checkered flag draft recently, and I did get (laughs) uh, Tyler Boyd on that team. I'm just looking it up right now to see where I got him. Um, I remember it being fairly late. It was the, let's see. um, I guess it wasn't that late that I got him at the sixth round, but that's Kentucky scoring um, where obviously, um, you know, you, you have and Kentucky line. So you got to start three receivers. He's my number three there. And, and I'm okay with that. I'm, you know, it is what it is, but I think, you know, as much as, um, I, I don't want to say Chase and Higgins are duplicate players because I think Chase can do so much more, but they are more yeah. traditional downfield guys. And and with the Bengals, I'm just trying to think who they have at tight end. I don't know if it's CJ Uzuma or, or who it is, but I, I feel like the underneath stuff is all going to be Boyd. I mean, it's such a great possession guy that yeah. that, that I think to, to get him at the end of the seventh round, two rounds after T Higgins, I, you know, I like that. And obviously I'm a little bit biased because I obviously drafted him that night and and got him on my team starting tight end for the uh, Bengals drew sample just looked it up yeah i just looked that up i was like and i saw his name i'm like i don't even know who the hell that is <laughs> <laughs> all right like, well, i don't know i know who you know. uzuma is <laughs> yes, you do hopefully you know yeah. uh what the hell the answer will be to this next question from mark oh, in imperial <laughs> beach california the dolphins are emphasizing downfield passing with Tua tunga vailoa right now do we need to move up Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle on our draft boards as a result? Will Fuller currently going off the board. I just had it in front of me, and now it's gone, of course. Nice job, Bulky. Will Fuller going <laughs> as wide receiver 46 at the 10-01. Jalen Waddle not far behind him, wide receiver 49 at the 10-05. So they're both both basically early 10th-round picks, Bryce. Does that feel right to you um, You know, as, as sort of like the top 45 receivers are off the board? You can go with a, a Dolphin. Or should they be going higher? Um, I think that's probably about right where they should go. But I believe Waddle should go above Fuller. Isn't Fuller suspended for like four games or something? I don't think. I think it's only two. I'm going to look it up right now. But I thought that did he serve part of his uh, suspension last year? I I, I, thought, I thought it was going to be like a split. Uh, oh, suspension. that might be right. Um, that sounds actually like you might be onto something there. Um, I think at around the the forties, and and that that seems about right for what the Dolphins are doing. I, I don't. I'm still not completely sold on Tua. I know that Dolphins fans will probably come at me for saying that. I I am very uncertain about whether or not he's the guy. Um, he seems very not confident in his own abilities, even though in college it very much had a lot of abilities. Um, that that seems about accurate for me. I think Waddle should be above Fuller, though. I think Waddle has a higher ceiling than Fuller does. All right, officially, even though Fuller Will- is an absolute rocket. <laughs> yeah, uh, Will Fuller was suspended six games last year. He served five of them last se- last season, so he's just serving oh, a one game one game suspension this year. <clears throat> so he'll be back week okay. two. Yeah, soft tissue issues pending. Uh, because that guy is no stranger to the <laughs> Fair. You never know what's going to happen. There. Right. Where, right. Is, where is Devontae Parker going? Yeah, that's another guy I took in that same draft, Bryce. Um, he's a, a player, Ooh, too, yikes. that I think is <laughs> going. Well, but, I mean, I paid much uh, much lesser price for him. Wide receiver 57 I hope so. at the 1206. So I'm man, that's I, probably too high. <laughs> I it, at the in the 12th round because that's where he's going in, in yeah. FFPC. Um, so okay. I mean, I guess if you like Waddle and you like Fuller, it's tough to like Parker too with Tunga Bailoa at quarterback. I, I don't know why anybody would like Parker, that dude can't do anything right in my well, opinion. He was, but, but okay, but keep in mind, last year, like Parker was not exactly a stone. He, I mean, he was a guy that, um, when given the opportunity, and I know the Dolphins, um, uh, declined his, his fifth year option, uh, you know, essentially making him yeah. a, a, a free agent. But like last year, dude, I mean, 63 catches, 800 yards, yards, four touchdowns. It's not terrible. I, that's I'm, I'm actually surprised at how many targets he has. Although 103 targets for 63 catches is a little bit concerning, but they may well, be more yeah. of a Tua thing than a him thing. Yeah, that could be too. Um, but the year before too, I mean, think about that. 72 catches, 1,200 so yards, nine touchdowns. That, yeah. was, that was really, really good. Um, that was so, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I get it. Um, and and maybe another year of Tunga Bailoa, but I, like I said, it's difficult if you like Fuller and Waddle 
it's difficult to like Parker, especially consider that the Dolphins already had Parker and still went out and got Waddle in the top 10 right. of the NFL draft. So, or top 15 in the NFL draft, whatever it was. I don't, I don't recall at this time. Not important. No one cares. Somewhere Let's move on. Right. Um, Bryce, <laughs> um, you're going to hang out and, and uh, we're going to talk about some of the news going around the NFL um, in just a little bit. But before we get to that, um, sure. a player that, that you will be avoiding drafting early in, in leagues this year or late, it doesn't matter, just a player in general uh, that, that will not be on any of your sure. teams. And then a sleeper when we get to the middle to latter part of, of drafts that you will want on as many teams as possible. Okay. Um, I mean, so obviously the, the easy answer for players that I'm going to avoid, I don't even know if this counts as going early, but I won't touch Aaron Rodgers with a 10 foot pole because nobody has any idea what he's going to do. Um, the other one that I don't like uh, when it comes to early is um, now I've totally spaced his name. Uh, Who's he play for? Give me Position. a second here. All right. Uh, running Just back. Real, hold on real quick while you look that up. Who would you rather have this year at, at quarterback? At, um, Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson? Oh my God, Rogers! Let's. Just, I don't want to. Oh, okay, all right, like, okay. Yeah, just if anything about Watson's true, that dude's going to prison. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Who's the um, running back? Who's the running back? Uh, the the Pittsburgh guy, uh, Najee Harris. Oh, Najee Harris, another guy I yeah. drafted in that same Kentucky yeah. draft price. There so is no good. way I'm touching him. I would stay far, far, <laughs> far away from him. That now, why is that? And, is it is that because you don't like the offensive line? Is it because he's a rookie? What what's the deal? With it's a hundred percent because of the offensive line. Like we watch enough. Like my wife and I watch enough Steelers football because she's a Steelers fan. That that O line is absolute garbage. They didn't really do anything to address it in the offseason or the draft. And Najee Harris is just going to have a truly difficult time doing anything. And David DeCastro just retired. Now they did replace him with Trey yeah. Turner, which might actually be better. That might be an probably, an honestly, on, on yeah. line. but I get it because, because now the thing is if you weren't, if you weren't on Harris before, and I'll be honest with you, that was the only league I have Najee Harris in. Um, but if you weren't on him before, it's tough to be on him now because his price is climbing Two yeah. or five in football guys drafts as running back number 12. That, that's right before our beg your pardon, right after Antonio Gibson and Nick Chubb. It's right before Joe Mixon and Clyde Edwards are there. Uh, Bryce, you'd rather have DeAndre Swift than Najee Harris, right? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that's not I even like close. <laughs> okay. um, let's talk about sleepers then. Sure. Uh, this one goes back to our, apparently, this is the tight end podcast. Uh, Mo Alley Cox. Oh, for Indianapolis, sure. Yeah. I think he is going to be low-key really really good he he fits the same kind of uh tight end profile that uh Carson Wentz is used to throwing to with Ertz and Godert and that Indianapolis team is sneaky good that O-line's good I think they have good coaching I think Wentz if he can survive being hit by a, a slight breeze uh <laughs> will will make his receiving core and very much his tight ends uh fantasy point uh monsters I think Mo Cox could be very very good um, Mo Alley Cox is going as wide receiver, uh, tight end 32 at the 1806 of football guys drafts right now. So listeners, you can get Bryce's sleeper tight end as your, <laughs> as your third tight end pretty easily in the 18th round and grab Mo Alley Cox. Um, just, just to bring this up too, uh, as long as we're talking about, um, indie tight ends, Jack Doyle isn't being drafted right now. Um, I guess he's an afterthought for not only FFPC drafters, but you as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, dude's got stone for hands. He's like Ebron. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's move on now that we've gotten to know your 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 thoughts, your your likes, your dislikes, your um, favorite topping on pizza, your favorite <laughs> colors, everything like that. Let's get into the fantasy mushrooms flash. and spinach. There you go. <laughs> we're we're delving deep tonight. Let's get into the fantasy flash. Uh, thanks to Football Guys, Draft Sharks, NBC Sports Edge, and Rob for tonight's fantasy flash. Um, Let's just continue talking about the Colts, Bryce. The Athletic had a report about Frank Reich talking about the running game there, going through Jonathan Taylor, who has, quote, earned the right to be the main guy in the uh, Colts backfield. Now, if we look at Taylor's rookie season, starting in week 11, he was the running back eight in half PPR leagues, which we don't have at, in, in the FFPC for running backs. But he averaged a little over 22 touches a game in that span. He also scored six touchdowns to close out the season. Marlon Mack is back this year after uh, missing uh, every game except for one with a torn Achilles. He gets the one-year deal this offseason. 
Um, Zach Ke- uh, Kiefer, who covers the Colts for the Athletic, says that uh, he thinks Taylor's going to get 60% of the carries for Indianapolis. Now, right now, we touched on this earlier. Jo- uh, Jonathan Taylor is being drafted as a running back eight at the 110 in football guys' drafts. Does not sound like a spot you want to be selecting Taylor, right, Bryce? No, at, for me, no. I, I think with Matt coming back and and just how receiver heavy, there, I believe passes too. There, yeah, like yeah, exactly. Right. I I think he is more should be more similar to the middle to the end of the second round. I I think he's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. He was fantastic last year. I think he was better than expectations. And I still think he's going to be very good. But with the way Wentz plays and the way he likes to throw and throw well into uh, that Indianapolis uh, core, I think it's not going to be nearly like what it was last year. I think he's he's definitely going way too high. I'm just looking at this. Um, from week 11 on, uh, Taylor ended up catching 10 passes uh, last year, yeah. which, I mean, you know, that's like, what are we looking at here? Like a third of a season, maybe. So that's like, right. he probably ends up between 25 and 30 catches. I love my pass catching running backs. I don't know if I can, even with the upside, I don't know if I can get on board with Jonathan Taylor at the end of yeah. the first round uh, right now. Okay, moving on. The uh, uh, athletics, uh, Connor Hughes, who uh, covers the Jets uh, for that publication, says that Zach Yikes. Wilson looks comfortable, so comfortable, beg your pardon was the quote, in uh, Mike LaFleur's new offense during OTAs and this, uh, this mini camp this year. Um, Wilson was, quote, accurate, aggressive, and regularly in control all throughout the spring. Now, this is the spring. This isn't, you know, right. it's not even preseason or, or real training camp yet, but – he does get Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, Jameson Crowder, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims. That's a, a massively upgraded receiver core than what Sam Darnold had last year. It's It should be a better offense with Mike LaFleur running things there now. And you, you got to remember, too, Zach Wilson can still make plays with his legs uh, as well. I don't want to get too crazy with, with Zach Wilson here. Nobody's drafting him as a starter, quite frankly, if he's being drafted as running back 27. So it's He's almost not even being drafted as a backup. He's like a, a third quarterback right now. But Bryce, not not so much about Wilson here. But um, what what are your thoughts on the Jets uh, receivers here in, in general? I mean, is, how good is this offense going to be for fantasy owners? Uh, it's. I mean, obviously, it's really hard to tell because we haven't seen it play. Um, if Zach Wilson is everything that he is, uh, uh, kind of reputed to be and and reported to be. Um, I think it's going to be kind of a crapshoot of who's going to kind of lead the pack as, as wide receivers here. Um, Corey Davis is obviously very, very good. I think he's going to be the standout wide receiver for the Jets. But it, it's one of those, it's so unknown, it's kind of really hard to predict it. I, Keenan Cole, or Keelan Cole and Jameson Crowder, I'm not all that high on. I like Elijah Moore a lot. It wouldn't surprise me based on what all four of those guys can do if the one and two were Davis and Crowder. Uh, Elijah Moore, but I, I, we need to actually see something from Zach Wilson to, to be able to, to, to draft any of those guys with any real confidence. And I would be not trying to, to go after them at ADP, hope that they slide if you're going to pick them up as a second or third option in your team and probably just let Wilson be a fly or a, a, a streamer option at QP because nobody has any, I mean, it's the Jets. The Jets should be good sometimes depending on our, how their roster has historically been stacked, but it's the Jets. <laughs> um, Elijah Moore is the top. Um, he's the first Jets receiver being drafted right now and not yeah. the 10-0-2. Wide receiver 47. Corey Davis going wide receiver 52 about two rounds later after that. So, yeah, I mean, pretty good values on this, those guys, but values have yeah. to actually produce on the field. So I, I don't know how, you know. Elijah Moore has been climbing up. He's been climbing up draft boards lately. That's actually surprises me that Moore is going before Davis. I think Davis is me too. A, me too. a very undervalued and underappreciated receiver for what he is capable of and just how big the dude is. Like he's he's an easy target to hit. Sorry, I I have I have Aaron in my ear right <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, let's get back on track here. Mike Williams right. going to be playing the X receiver in Joe Lombardi's offense out in Los Angeles for the Chargers. This according yep. once again to the Athletic. Now, Joe Lombardi, former offensive coordinator for our former uh, quarterback coach for the New Orleans Saints, 
Um, this was the position that Michael Thomas played there. Now, Daniel Popper, who wrote this piece, said uh, Mike Williams should actually get a lot of targets. And this is a contract year, um, uh, so everything's on the table for Mike Williams. He shouldn't need any more motivation um, to, to have a big year, whether he sticks with the Chargers on his next deal or if he goes elsewhere, sort of like what Corey Davis did uh, last year. Now, I, I got to believe the Chargers know that Keenan Allen is how their bread is buttered, and they're going to pepper him with a ton of targets. You'd like to think that Williams um, has a bigger year this year, Bryce. But, I mean, how big is it going to be when you have Keenan Allen sucking up all those targets? Mike Williams, wide receiver 45 at the 909 right now. I'm not a huge fan of that, but um, I can be persuaded. Your thoughts? Uh I would, I, I'm with you on this where it's, it's, I would, I'm not convinced uh, for multiple reasons. One, Keenan Allen obviously is Keenan Allen. He's going to, like you said, eat a ton of targets. I think Eckler is also going to be kind of the second option when the ball just gets dumped off in, in the field. Um, the, the biggest issue I have with the Chargers, and I really like Justin Herbert, I think he's electric and fun to watch. Um, Joel Lombardi sucks. And he was he was the offensive coordinator in the Lions for two years, and Joe Lombardi sucks. Well, maybe the talent. And I'm, maybe and, the talent and, and I'm not. Um, I, this I, was 2014, I mean, like, 2015. This is when we okay. still had a decent roster, right. <laughs> or the okay, Lions. Sorry, you know, the you Lions still had a decent roster. You know better than me, so I will I will check to you on this one. I mean, don't I mean, the Lions are historically cursed. We know this. We understand this, and. But Joe Lombardi made the, that offense it, in 2014-2015 absolutely anemic, especially for receivers. And I am, I'm curious to see how that's going to work out and if he's changed the way he, he allows the offense to develop. Because Herbert obviously can just huck the ball to whoever he's going to, and, but I'm not sold. I think Keenan Allen will, will be fine. I mean, I don't know where he's getting drafted. I would hope not till the end of the second or the third. Um, and Eckler is, like I said, going to get a bunch of a bunch of looks in the passing game. But um, I'm not sold on Mike Williams. I don't think it's going to be uh, anything special for him this year. I think it's going to be kind of the same he's done More his entire day, career, right, which yeah. is yeah, yep. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I've unfairly penalized Mike Williams um, since he was a rookie. I didn't like him in rookie drafts. I didn't want to draft him that year, and I've right. never I I drafted him as. <laughs> one Kentucky draft. Of, um, I, I think it was, I don't think it was last year. I think it was two years ago. I took him, but everybody, I mean, everybody must have in that draft must have hated him more than me because it was like my wide receiver six or wide receiver seven. There's no way he should have been still out there. That's the only time I've ever drafted Mike Williams. Uh, to, answer <laughs> Keenan, to answer your Keenan Allen question, wide receiver 10 at the 305 right now. So oh, you're, that's you're all over yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, no, that's fine. I think that'll be, I mean, he's going to be, a decent receiver because he's Keenan Allen and he has Justin Herbert throwing to him. That's, that's perfect. But as far as like interesting and well thought out offensive game plans, Joe Lombardi couldn't offensively game plan his way out of a paper bag. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, we'll find out in, in Los Angeles this year. Too. And I really don't want to, cause I really like Herbert and I like the chargers. It's my home city. I'm from San Diego and now they're in LA, which sucks, but like they're my home home team. If I have to like, go back to where my roots are. And like, I love watching them, but God, he sucked when he was with Detroit. Well, he does. I mean, it is a talent upgrade, at least for the chargers this year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so there's hope. Yeah. Um, Let's uh, let's talk about uh, Joe Biscaglia's report uh, from once again, the athletic, you get mining. (laughs) We're mining that website pretty hard for this show. Um, Biscaglia said that uh, Zach Moss could quote, take over the backfield in 2021. If he continues to improve. Now this is key because these, these aren't your, your father's bills. This is Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, like big time playmakers uh, on this offense. And it, it's, it's going to put up points again last year. Now, if he is the, you know, taking over the backfield, you're probably looking at two thirds, maybe 70% of, of all the touches there, or at least the snaps. Um, he's going in the ninth or 10th round, which is, if that's the case, dude, he's going to fly up draft boards at least six or seven rounds. Um, Moss was a third round pick last year out of Vanderbilt. If I remember correctly, um, Biscagula says his receiving skills are underrated. He says he's the best runner they have between the tackles and as a punishing running style that maximized attempts. He is the bills preferred goal line back as well. Last year he had turf toe, never really got going. Um, when he did, he right. was fumbling the football. 
and Devin Singletary sort of got a another shot at, at being the uh, the bell cow there. Uh, Singletary did almost nothing with it. So the Bills, while they have the opportunity there, Bryce, I don't know if they have the talent. Are you on board with Zach Moss in the ninth or the tenth round based on this report from their beat writer? Um, where is Devin Singletary going? Uh, that's a great question, and I'm going to look that up right now. Devin Singletary, thank also, you, Fantasy Mojo. Ru- uh, running back 48 <laughs> at the end of the 11th round. So basically, and I so should tell Moss you So Moss is going before Singletary? Yeah, Zach Moss running back 38 at the 904. Man, that seems like a mistake. I mean, but, okay, uh, but keep in mind this too. Like, so he was hurt last year, right? Singletary yeah. was not. Singletary just didn't perform. And they already had Singletary on the roster when they drafted Zach Moss in the third round. So I, I think if you read the tea leaves here, um, the, the bump up in rounds for Moss over Singletary, probably due to what, what the front office and what the coaches think of, of both those players too. Are we saying that he didn't perform in 2020? 700 yards? Like, I mean, well, only two okay. touchdowns, but right. 700. But, I, but, but think about this. Think about the offense that he was in. And think about what a lead back yeah, offense should be. I suppose. So, and and the and the Bills added Matt Breida to their to their That's, team this now year. Now that is an interesting guy because yep. that dude can catch passes. And the other thing, too, yeah, is he like can. He's, he's basically free in drafts right now. And you, you'd like to think now the, the key is if you draft him on a football guy's team, you kind of got to know like when to start him, right? So it's gonna it's gonna take right. injuries to, to Moss and Singletary, and you know Breed is not very durable as well. So you may only get like no, one or two not. games out of him, and you got to figure out when that is. But he's interesting in best ball for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's, that's that's a hard one. I mean, I get like Zach Moss has the potential to be to be good, especially with his physical abilities and and just how how explosive he can be. But I mean, man, with that those running backs on that team are just just like a glass, a bull in a china shop waiting to happen. Like all three of them could go down very quickly. Maybe not Singletary. He's a little bit durable, but he's not nearly as, as interesting as Brita or Moss, but man, they could, that could be, I don't, that could be a disaster for Buffalo, but it's not like they need it. I mean, he's just going to huck balls at receivers and score touchdowns anyways. (laughs) Well, Bryce, I, I, to be the bearer of bad news for our listeners, because you and I, once we get together and talk shop, we, we gab too much and now we don't have time for email, which is okay. We'll do emails (laughs) another time. I promise you. Um, where can everybody listen to the Hard Edition podcast? Uh, the Hard Edition is oh Jesus! Now I need to look this up. Um, <laughs> you can find it. You can find it everywhere except for Apple. Um, it's currently on a bit of uh, hiatus while we figure out scheduling stuff because people got new jobs and. And, and by the way, I didn't, I, I didn't even I didn't even tease this. Tell a little bit about what the Hard Edition podcast is because most most people who listen to this show listen to a lot of fantasy football podcasts. This is not a specific fantasy football podcast. Oh, no, it doesn't have anything to do with fantasy football. Uh, it is <laughs> it is a kind of catch-all news podcast. So anything from uh, what's going on in politics, what's going on in the world, what's going on with interesting subjects week to week, uh, what's going on in sports, all of them. Uh, there's a running joke that it's a baseball podcast because three of the four of us that do the podcast are huge baseball fans, um, two of them which have press credentials for the San Francisco Giants. Nice. So that kind of ha- – like if there's a lot of baseball involved, um, but we talk a little bit at shop about kind of everything. Um, there are there's episodes you can listen to that go back uh, a couple months, I think, to the beginning of the year is when we started it. But like I said, currently it's on a little bit of a hiatus till we figure out scheduling issues because we're all adults and we have families and lives. Uh, once we figure all that out, it'll be going again, per- presumably. Uh, but yeah, it's you can find it everywhere except for Apple because Apple's blocking us because they get mad at us about something with naming. Uh, like Spotify, yeah, Spotify, Android. Um, you can go to podbean.com slash hard edition. We're there. Um, it's uh, fairly easy to find us. And, and, uh, we will all follow you on Twitter at Bryce masters. I assume yeah. once you guys get that going again, you'll just tweet out a link probably. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Bryce, we will see you yeah. in the draft rooms. What a pleasure this was to do the podcast with you. <laughs> Actually, I won't see you in the draft rooms, but the listeners will no. as we uh, get deeper and deeper into commissioning drafts this summer. Thanks so much for doing the show and I'll see you at work. <laughs> of course. I'll see you later, man. <laughs> That will do it for this evening's show uh, this week. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. want to thank Bryce Masters, the FFPC, uh, Rob, and, of course, each and every one of you for listening. We will be back next Friday live at 10, 9 Central with seven-time FFPC and FPC champ and, of course, 2021 Pros versus Joe's drafter Beth Riches. 
register for our inaugural best ball tournament today, $100,000 grand prize, $125 to enter in that. Of course, get in on the Dynasty Startups and the Football Guys Players Championship. That's going strong right now. $500,000 for first place, first time ever, $100,000 for second. You don't even have to win the thing to get a six-figure grand prize, only a $350 entry there. Uh, Remember, you're getting $400 off each main event team on your account today. Join the 2021 KFFSC main event. Compete against me there as well. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next Friday. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. (laughs) 